Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Don't be surprised if I ask what a bag is. Welcome to another episode of the Gold Diggers podcast. Today we have some special guests, but before I get into that, I'm your host today, Beatrice, at Bookie underscore Beatrice, and I have with me... Three, um, Brie Blue. Um, Bubbles, at Bubbles, but with X instead of E. And we also have in the building the beautiful game podcast. Now, if you don't know about these guys, you've been living under a rock because they, <laughs> they've been giving elite content week in, week out, consistent they've got legends on there they've got coaches on there they've got players on there they're just doing their thing like every time i see what you guys drop i'm like wow what big up big up big up man big up all right so introduce yourself boys obviously i'm um, dot from the beautiful game podcast thank you um for having us and yeah, don't refer to us as special guests. We're just normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Dej from the Beautiful Game podcast. Big up, Bookie. You know, we've known you guys for, you know, a year. We yeah, came to the live yeah. show last year and we've had a friendship ever since. So yeah. it's good to see how you guys are progressing and we're your number one fans. Y'all don't make uh, me cry. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I echo that sentiment. So. Uh, hello guys, my name's Budge from the Beautiful Game podcast, and yeah, hundred percent uh, back what what Ben said uh, said there, man. We we're, we're inspired by you guys. We see what you guys are doing, and and, and honestly, man, we we couldn't be more uh, in favor of what you're doing. So keep up the the hard work, and you guys are gonna go to the very very top, man. Y'all so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> They're sweet. They're so sweet. Um, so I'm gonna start off. With a little icebreaker, like nothing too, nothing too hard. The game is basically, I'm going to say a letter, and then I want you to tell me the first Premier League player that comes to your mind. It could be yeah. first name, surname, whatever comes to your mind first. And it's, I'm going to time it. So I'm giving you, oh, I'm not decided yet, maybe three to five seconds, but in that range. Oh. But I'm putting you <laughs> on the hot seat. So Doc, I bet, you go I first. Bet anybody <laughs> that Dej will win this. Dej is a maniac. Dej is a maniac. Trust me, Dej is going to win this. He's a maniac. Um, let's go, let's go. I'm going to get found out um, with my lack of money. <laughs> <laughs> right, Does it have to ready? be in the Premier League? 
or Europe or yeah. anywhere? Premier League. I'm doing Premier League. Cool. Just Premier League. Cool. Okay. Are you ready, Doc? You look nervous. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, so Doc's going first, or is yeah. it all of us? Yeah, Doc's going first, and then I'm going to go to Budge, then I'm coming to you last. Or, or Dej, if you want, you can go after. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, Budge, you're trying to escape it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doc, you ready? Yep. A. Um, Alin, Maximin. D. Is it me again, yeah? Yeah, no, just just you. Let okay, me just okay. make it clear. I'm just going to stay on you until okay. the timing is out for you. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Ah, right. fine. Okay, cool. Let's start again. D. Tridini. G. E. T. Oh, I'm... I can't think, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, sorry, Joe Gomez. It's too late. No, 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 no. Let's let's go one more time, please. please. <laughs> hey, you're trying to flout the rules, bro. Yeah, 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 I'm warmed up now. I'm not thinking. Okay, you're warmed up. You understand the rules now. Let's go again. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. E. Ding, 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 ding. I can't even. He's City's oh. goalkeeper, bro. It's, it's difficult when you're on the spot. Man. So, Damn. What, what, what am I going to give you now? Because you made us start again. Zero. He got zero. Move on. He got zero. He got one with me. Okay. Sorry, Doc. Zero for you. Right. Butch. Are you ready? Pressure. Who's that? Okay, go. Okay. Uh, oh man, I was gonna say Loris Carius. He's not even in the Premier League anymore. Um, oh my gosh. Time. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Man was Loris Carius and Kim Kalstrom. None of them play in the Premier League anymore. Oh my days. Okay. Right. Just because of Dot, I'll give you a second chance here. Yeah, starting again. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. Come on. Um. <laughs> I'm struggling here, you know. Mitrovic, why, why Mitrovic, why are you in my head? Um, time, it's very difficult. It's hard. I keep thinking about players. I was thinking about Mitrovic, yeah, fine. Okay, Dej, are you ready? Yeah, better get two goals if I flop. All right, P, Pepe, B. Boric, Arthur Boric from Bournemouth. X. <laughs> one player comes to mind straight away. Come on. Two, one. Time, Jacka. Okay, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so hard to think, man. You guys you got, you got two there. 
Does anyone else want to give it a go? Remember, Beatrice. I, I think so. Well. I think I think Bubbles and and remember <laughs> remember that I got two of them at the beginning yes. as well. So what? Can I get another go then to see if I can get a clean sweep? All right. Yeah. Let's give oh. another go. Let's give another go. All right. All right. Let me skip this letter because you just get zero. Um. C. That's the name of the game, no? Well, we started. Yeah, you started. Yeah. You started. C. Chambers for Arsenal. J. Jamal Lascelles for Newcastle. W. William for Chelsea. Okay, you don't have to show off. Don't just say your name. Yeah, that was good. H. H. Yeah. Corelio Gomez for Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Look at the yeah. Yes. He's got it. F. Uh, managers as well. Florian Lejeune for Newcastle. Okay, shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, we, we get it, we get it, we get it. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Bubbles and Brie shouldn't get out of this. No, but you guys... You should bring to Bubbles and Brie. You know, you guys are our guests. <laughs> it's only so... fair, it's only fair. No, you guys are... Okay. As our guest in it, so it was They're just tough, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. That was a good one. I it like was. that. That was good. That was yeah, so nice. I'm giving dead final scores dead four. Mm. I'm giving dot two and I'm giving but one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get into topics for today. How are you guys feeling about the Premier League? Are you ready for it to come back? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've always said when it's safe and if it's safe, then yeah, it should come back. And so far, that's what the experts are saying. So yeah, I'm happy for it to come back. Dej? Um, yeah, it's a tricky one because obviously when you look at what's happened in Germany, like obviously it's resumed and... There was a team, I think, in the second division, Dynamo Dresden. I think one of their players tested positive. And now we're seeing the same thing with Watford. You know, Adrian Mariaco yeah. coming out today, and he's tested positive. So, again, as a fan, I'm ready for it to come back. But I think, you know, the players' safety needs to be paramount in any decision that's being made, to be fair. Mm. Okay. But realistically, do, did we actually expect all of the players to come back negative, um, Budge? Um, uh, no, definitely not. Um, and so I can't say I'm too surprised at the fact that there have been players that have tested positive. Um, I know we were making a comparison between the Premier League and, and the Bundesliga, but if we look at it, things on a, a more macro scale, the way that the Germany as a country have reacted and, and, and dealt with the pandemic has been so efficient. I think only 5% of people who have contracted the virus have, have, have passed away. Uh, and so clearly they're in a much better position for them to, 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 to bring the Bundesliga back. I don't feel as confident um, with, with, within the Premier League. Um, and I feel that we, we still are some way away from being in a position to, to be ready for, for the Premier League to resume. Of course, saying that, I'm no expert. Um, so who, mm. who, who am I to share my, my point of view? But as, as, as Dej mentioned, I think the, the, the safety of, of, of the players, because they're humans, uh, first and foremost, 
is absolutely paramount. And so until we're at a place where we, we are 100% comfortable on that front, I think we, we, we should uh, keep it postponed. Yeah. Um, so, Doc, like, when you first saw that six players were positive, what was your first reaction? Um, to be fair, it's, you know, people are very quick to run the headline and say, you know, seven people or six people, wherever it was, were, you know, tested positive for coronavirus. But my issue is actually with the government, because I think the way they've handled this pandemic has been mm. pretty subpar, and to be honest, pretty awful, because... I mean, Matt Hancock was very quick to come out and say, uh, you know, footballers need to take a pay cut. Um, footballers mm. shouldn't be, you know, take, you know, um, shouldn't be the first people to, you know, like, just just in terms of, like, slating footballers, should I say. Mm. And obviously, yeah. like, now you're coming out saying that football should return and football will be, like, this sort of um, bring this feel-good factor back to the nation, before you were just you know slating them and berating them so to me that doesn't make sense in terms of the actual numbers of who has tested positive for coronavirus i think that was fantastic because less than one percent less than one percent yeah and um i was listening to um, jamie carragher earlier today or was it yesterday should i say and he was saying that like the training ground is probably the safest space because everyone that's in there is coronavirus free so going to a training ground is actually safe. And um, Sean Dyche was saying a similar thing. Um, obviously, some players um, are not going to be happy with um, returning to football. And Tridini has obviously voiced these concerns. But I've mm. spoken to a few players in the championship, and they've said, look, they just want to return to football. They can't wait. They want to get back to training. They're returning to training soon, and they're happy to play. Um, if you were in Troy Deeney's shoes, what would you do? I think Troy is entitled um, to his opinion. I think everyone should be looked at individually. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should force anyone um, to go back to training. And if Troy Deeney is going to make that stand and not return to training, I think he's right um, to do so. Yeah, I think he got a lot of criticism because I think people assume that he still wants to get paid. But I think for him... He said it wasn't about the money, it was about protecting his family. So from that viewpoint, like I completely understand why he wouldn't want to play. But then there's also other Watford players coming out to say, oh, we don't want to play either. Like, what would what what are Watford gonna do going forward, Budge? Do you know what? I the first thing I wanted to say is that we need characters and people like me because he's he's certainly not afraid to speak his mind and and be berated and, and, and criticized in terms of the decisions that he makes and i think it's important because there will be other players who share a similar viewpoint to him but may not be as confident to uh stand up and speak out or mm. or, or, or do something like that so you know you always need a trailblazer who's gonna you know stand at the front take all the pellets and whatnot so that other people can can, can follow suit as well and i think he's the perfect um candidate for, for, for that basically um in terms of, of course, uh, the, the, the club, given the fact that there's a, a handful of players that have tested positive and then you've got a handful of players who may not be willing to return to training and, and, and resume uh, playing games and whatnot, it doesn't put um, Watford in a good position because then essentially what it means that they're going to have to field uh, weaker teams um, in, 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 you know, in these games. Um, but again, it's, it's the argument about 
looking at things from a very human and personal standpoint versus um you know uh, uh, monetary gain um uh for on, on on the part of, of of watford and at the end of the day like i said what it all boils down to is these people are still human beings um mm -hmm. and if they feel like they're not going to be safe and they're putting their um their, their their health in jeopardy then absolutely no one should feel forced to to do anything um so mm -hmm. i mean I, I i personally um i'm on the side of, of troy Deeney. i know of course it being the being the club captain it puts him in a very very awkward position especially in terms of where watford are in the league of course if things to were, were to resume they're still sort of fighting for 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 uh for safety um so it is a bit of a a, a difficult one but i mean at the end of the day i'm always gonna gonna go on the side of human human beings first and, and well-being first yeah. i think i saw someone suggest that why doesn't he just isolate from his family like if you were in his shoes then mm. would you do that i mean you know as we said before everyone's situation is relative Troy Deeney's got a five-month-old kid that's got breathing difficulties. So as the man of the house, you're going to protect your family. And we've met Troy Deeney, and he's one of those characters that, you know, he will stand up against authority if he thinks it's right. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, when, you know, you consider what he's going through in terms of his family, he's doing the right thing. He came out and said, listen, I can't get a haircut until, like, July, but you want me to go into a box with 19 men? You know, so when you think about where he's coming from, you have to see it. And again, everyone's situation is relative. As we were saying before, we spoke to some players in the championship, like they're single and they're saying, you know what, we don't mind going back to football because we need that release. We're caged in within the four corners of our house and we're boring. So going back to training is like a release. But when you've got kids and when you're adding other factors, mm. you have to say, you know what, they're making the right decision. It's a human decision and you have to respect it. What about you, Bree? Do you think it's safe enough for the Premier League to start again? Um, not just yet. Um, we've already seen how many people have been tested um, positive. Even the Burnley manager's um, assistant coach was tested positive the other day. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it's just too soon for players to be mixed together with tests still being taken. And also what we need to remember is just because a player has been tested negative doesn't mean he's not going to go and catch it next week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there definitely. are so many precautions <laughs> that need to be mm -hmm. taken. And I feel like we should just wait a little bit longer. Like resuming back in, into training is still fine, you know. Players are getting starting to get the rhythm back, but going back into games, let's just take mm -hmm. it down a notch a little bit and just see what happens. Do you know what I mean? But well, can I just sorry, Brie, can I just add like a flip side to that? Because it's you know, it's very easy for us to say that, but we gotta consider that the picture in three weeks is gonna be much different to what we're seeing now. So we yeah. may be in a better place in three weeks. Yeah. And obviously, I think they're aiming for the June the 16th date. Um, from what I've been told, that's not likely, mm -hmm. but in three weeks' time, the picture may be much better than what it is now. I just thought I should just put that out there. Yeah, can I, can I add something as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was going to say, like, even though we're looking from a human point and a financial point as well, uh, the longer it goes on where there aren't games being played, clubs are losing money. Mm. I don't know if it will be the case for the Premier League, but I think we've already seen Malaga have had to uh, put some staff and players, uh, let them go, because they can't afford to pay them anymore. So there will come a point as well where... Clubs won't be able to survive. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, Bubbles makes an excellent point. Yeah. I mean, we need to remember that football is a multi-billion pound business as well. And, yeah. you know, these clubs need to fulfill these fixtures, you know, to get their money from Sky and BT. And when you've got clubs like Bournemouth pay, paying players like 100k a week, if football doesn't resume, you know, the livelihood of many people at that club is going to be affected yeah. and it'll have a ripple effect. Yeah, not just the football players as well. Like you've got the kitchen staff, the mm. kitmen. You, I don't know how mm. the, the wage structures break down at all these clubs, but, you know, still be a big financial hit. I think I read somewhere that the Premier League is investing something like £4 million mm. in making sure the players are safe. So they have to be tested twice a week. Yeah. All the players have to go to, like, a testing centre, drive through, get the test. That's sent to a private lab, and then the test results are sent to the Premier League. So... From the sound of that, does that actually sound safe? Do you think, or they can still do some more? I think. Um, I think the option that they're taking is the safest option. Like, mm. yeah, you go to training, then you go home. So you're not really mixing with everyone. And when you go into training, only people that are COVID-free are allowed into training. Yeah. So there's no way you can actually mm. catch it in the training ground. Um, we spoke to Ledley King, and he said that they're doing testing in their car park. And where each player drives in one by one and they do the testing. So I think in terms of the training ground, I think that's probably the safest space where players can be at the moment. Do you think, um, so an idea like all the players staying at like one hotel, do you think that would have been beneficial, Budge? Hmm. So on, on one hand, it is because then, then, then it, uh, again, you're, limiting the, the the variables and the chances of of those people being ex exposed to other people and, and potentially uh, contracting mm -hmm. the virus that way. So, yes, on the one hand, it makes sense. But then again, we go back to the point about there are people who have families. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, Troy Deeney being the case in point, having a, a such a, a young child, a five-month-old child, you, as, a, as a parent, you know, forget a footballer, as a parent, you're not going to want to spend... A long period of time away from your child you know you, you, you're going to want to be there for child you're going to want to be there for mother as well so it is it's difficult it's, it's, it's really difficult because you know every person is, is an individual at the end of the day but generally speaking it, it is a logical move it does make sense anyway on a lighter note um pictures from the training ground came out yesterday slash today how did you guys feel Kansai has hair. Kansai <laughs> has hair. I, I couldn't believe it. When I saw it, I was shocked. I kept staring at the picture like, what in the world is going on? Like, how? I didn't know he could grow hair. Honestly. It's crazy. I thought he was bold, like, completely bold. Yeah. I literally thought he was actually bold, but it, it was a choice. Wow. That I'm, like, I'm confused. Even Ashley Young came out mm. with hair as well. Mm. And I thought, these guys actually willingly made themselves bold. Why? like why it's a funny one but, but yeah yeah seeing the players get back to training that's what it's about like you know we're fans of liverpool you know me bubbles and um and dot and obviously we go onto the websites and look for our daily fix of liverpool so to see them back you know genie and yaldum van dyke that's what it's about <laughs> isn't it so i'm looking forward to it and hopefully the season can resume soon and when it's safe to do so yeah because really when i saw the pictures of Pogba, Marshall, driving into training. I actually felt really happy. I was like, I've actually missed this so much. Like, I miss, these are my boys. Like, I miss them so much. Like, <laughs> what about you, Butch? 
yeah, I was just going to say, um, Beatrix, it's, it's also good because you can uh, see which players have adhered to the 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 the, the, the strict training regime <laughs> yeah. that yes. they've been sent. So you look at the Chelsea boys, and, and they all look like they've they they really they look rough, the yeah. but they've been they've been training. So it's it's, it's easy to, to see you know, who's oh. who's nursing some some extra extra timber. Who's carrying on a, uh, a bit of extra weight and whatnot? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. I saw Rashford actually, and he looks hench. Like you can tell he's been in that gym. He's gym. so big. I, I didn't even know he could get that big. But mm. yeah, again, you can you can see from the way the players look, like what they've been up to. People Did you guys see Steph Curry? Uh, um, Jaden Sancho looked like he just came out of jail. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Everyone used to seeing a fade, and now he's just like. <laughs> Yeah. Did you guys see Serge Aurier? He actually got a trim mm. and he posted it on Instagram. And I mean, I'm just a... like, dude, why are you posting it? If you're gonna do it, do it on the low. Don't yeah. post it on Instagram. Mm. I mean, the the word I would use to describe that is tone deaf. I mean, this is someone that's you know been found floundering the road. <laughs> you know, you know, running in the park. This is so cold. Then you're doing it again. I mean. Who are these people's advisors? Surely, like, he must have friends that will say, you know what, delete that post. It's not worth doing. But again, Sir Jorio continues to make himself a villain. Like, it's, so frustrating. it's so frustrating as well, because you imagine these footballers are in a pretty privileged position where, you know, they're not going to be in small houses. I'm sure the clubs are doing a lot to give them, like, training yeah. staff and equipment mm. and nutrition, things that they need. Like, they don't need, you, you, sh you shouldn't be going out and doing silly things like that. Unnecessary. And then on top of that, the guy goes and gets a border. Are we in year nine? Like, bro, you're a grown man. Come on, man. <laughs> but do you guys actually think football players have been strict during this lockdown? I have a feeling like some of them have been going to each other's houses and all of that stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's been. I mean, it's, Serge Aurier is one one example, but there are, are, are multiple. Uh, examples of players that have been flouting the rules and going Jack out Grealish. On, on on benders and oh, whatnot, and then and then and then, and then, then apologising on social media afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> there, there was also a story. Um, I think it came out like a day or two ago, but the the player wasn't named. But apparently, there was a guy that went over to Paris and got involved. What? Yeah. What? But yeah, <laughs> it was an unnamed player. I can't remember where I saw the article, but it was like unknown player. Says uh, it's said to have gone to Paris on a uh, one night bender with uh, uh, this lady or whatever. Yeah, one one, one of those kind of stories. Yeah. Um, but a player uh, isn't 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 uh, named. But yeah, you've got loads of examples uh, like that. Basically, I heard another one. I think it was um, Lacazette and balloons. Unless mm, yeah. it was an old story that resurfaced again. <laughs> yeah. But if that was, yeah. I saw that. I hope so because I know there was a story exactly like that. I think last there year, was, a couple yeah. of years ago. So that's why I didn't pay too much attention to it. But if yeah. that's the case, then shame on him if that was He's actually been a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going on to a more sensitive topic, Callum Hudson Odoi. Like it came out that he breaking lockdown rules and then he got himself into a bit of a pickle. Like, I don't know what to say about that, but does anyone else want to share like, their what, views on it? He should you know have stayed what's at interesting? home. <laughs> what's interesting is that, like, uh, as black people, we really want to defend him. But in this situation, we just can't. And he's just been an idiot. And when people, you know, make silly stereotypes, 
he's just falling right into it. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm. And it's very, very hard for me to feel sorry for Kalem Hudson Adai because you suffered um, coronavirus and then you're breaking the Mm. government policies and it's just, honestly, it's, it's... uh, does he have a brain? I don't know what to say. Like it's just utter madness. Yeah, obviously he's been floundering the rules as well, but obviously we need to wait for the process to take full course till we see what happens. And it was good to see him training today. I mean, yeah, that's the yeah, best thing yeah. for him. Like you don't want him to lock himself at home mm-hmm. in the four corners of his wall and get depressed. So it's good to see him out there. Let's see how the investigation goes and let's see the outcome. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a dumb decision. I think he he just needs to put his head down right now and just just do his job basically. Yeah. Stay out of the papers. No. That's Did the you... thing. As a footballer, you need to know that you're getting looked at all the time, and people are looking to do you dirty. So you have to be very careful with who you talk to, and you know who you surround yourself with, because you'll just get yourself in silly trouble. And this is something that he doesn't need. He hasn't had the best season. He's coming back from a nasty Achilles injury. Focus on your football. Mm-hmm. Also, as well, like whether you like it or not, as a footballer, no matter what age you are, you are a role model to yep. some extent. Yeah. Anyone who's in the position where the limelight's on them or you have a voice or something, you have a responsibility and you've got to, you know, uphold to uphold to it. Yeah, okay. Um, the Bundesliga, did everyone watch a match or two or everything? Mm-hmm. I think I'm watching yeah. the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, how did you find yeah. it? Um, Dortmund Lord, um, Guerrero, Hakini, um, Dahoud was pulling the strings in the midfield. Um, it was funny because after 10 minutes, I was like, what is this? And then you get used to it, and then you realise that it is actual football, and, you know, the quality will start to show. Um, obviously, that's the biggest game in Germany, and if there was a crowd, it would have been a much better spectacle. Um but yeah, Dortmund were terrific and they look like they're gonna, you know, finish off the season strongly if they continue playing like that. Um, did you guys find the game just as enjoyable without the fans? Because no. I, I struggled. Yeah, I, I struggled. The whole match they experience, like when we're watching on Sky Sports and you, and you hear Martin Tyler say, and it's live, like it gets the adrenaline. Yeah. And you know, before the games, it was like just it was mundane, it was boring. Like for the players, it must be mad because in those last 10 minutes, when you're getting tired and you hear those fans roaring, that gives you the extra push. But just playing in front of a, you know, no crowd at all must have been very difficult for the players, man. I never actually even thought about it from that point of view. So, like, for Liverpool, for example, we know what their fans are like. Do you think they'll struggle without fans? Bubbles? I, I actually think the, it'll be beneficial for us in the away games. So if the Premier League does resume, we've got Everton away. And the last couple of seasons, we've struggled against Everton away and they've had big atmospheres in their ground. So mm. I think it, will, it, will, it should help Liverpool for away game, to be honest. Fair enough. Mm. Butch, what's your thoughts on the Bundesliga? How did it go for you? Um, so I unfortunately didn't have a, a, a chance to to watch the games at the weekend. Um, I was uh, doing some stuff with family. Um, but seeing some of the highlights and 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 definitely echo what what has already been said about the fact that there's there's not really you know atmosphere within the stadiums and whatnot. So it's it's difficult for even the the, the level of intensity within the game to it, it's always gonna 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 have a a, a certain cap and it's not gonna 
exceed that because you need the fans to create that atmosphere in order to do so. Um, but it's, 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 it's the best approach, you know, at least we, we're, we, we're, we're being given football now, right? And everyone's been crying out for it for, for, for months and whatnot. So beggars can't be choosers, you know what I mean? It's one of those, we take what we're given, right? And now we're, we're, we're crying and dying for uh, some sort of live sport and, 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 and we've, we've got it now, so... So um, if the Bundesliga can successfully pull this off, do you think we should use that as a blueprint? Like, Brie, what do you think about that? Yes and no. Actually, yes. And the reason why I say that is because if it's successful, then that goes on to show that we can actually replicate that within the Premier League. And also, I feel like one main thing that we need to replicate that the Bundesliga did was starting training like a month before actually resuming. So I believe that that's probably the same thing that's being done in the league. So yeah. what I feel like um, the FA should do, like as if I can tell them what to do, but um, what I'd, what would be the best way forward is for them to kind of see how things pan out and kind of then implement that to your Premier League and just see how it goes. But I feel like the Bundesliga is setting a good example that games can still be played behind closed doors without the fans. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, I think it's a bit different, you know, in Germany to the Premier League because we have to take into account the countries. Germany are much more advanced in terms of their in terms of their COVID cases yeah. than we are in England. So I think that's another nuance mm-hmm. that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Yeah, but again, it's, it goes back to the point that I was saying earlier, is that then, you you know, in three weeks, our picture can look different. Mm-hmm. We may be able to meet up with one person in public and, you know, the same way mm-hmm. they're doing it in Germany now. So we just got to take it each week at a time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think they're a good template to follow. But as they said, there's many different, you know, factors that we have to take into consideration. Well, didn't Boris say that everyone could have unlimited sunbathing? Wasn't that? Yeah, I now you can actually meet your friend or your family in the park or in on the as beach. As long as you social distance and wear a mask, I think that yeah. would be something. And I haven't like been following the numbers too closely, but I think they are going down. I think yeah, I, I think saw it was somewhere... 300. I think 300 today. Oh, today, as we yeah, speak, yeah. There was no cases in London yesterday, oh, but they wow. say that might be an accident. But that that was something that came out yesterday. So if oh. we continually, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Uh, I was going to say if we continually see the numbers drop, then I guess then the Premier League can go on just yeah. as planned. I guess they're still hopeful Liverpool to lift the league after all. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they announce That's not that? Doubt. They're going to do a. Trophy. Uh, they said they said if Liverpool win the league, then Premier League will try and find a way for there to be a, a trophy lift or, or some some type of celebration, obviously within uh, safety measures. Oh. Did they say? To be honest, like is, is that? Uh, it probably went. Yeah, it went fans. To be honest, it's funny because a lot of the bitter, you know, fans have gone quiet because you know um early on in this um, you know during the pandemic a lot of fans were saying oh the league should be none and void but it seems that that talk has gone out the window because it seems that even if it does get none and void liverpool are still going to be crowned as champions so now people are just quiet and talking about other things but yeah we will leave that to ourselves no but 
I'm gonna say what this last thing. I personally don't think it could have been null and voided because if it got null and voided, you guys can't win it because then if you guys win it, then what happens to the rest of the people in the top four or what happens to those within the relegation zone? Do you know what mm. I mean? So all of those factors needed to be taken into consideration first before saying null and void, you guys are gonna win the Premier League. So yep. I don't agree. The point I'm trying to make is that the Scottish Premier League is being written off and Celtic have been crowd champions. So the point I'm trying to make is that no matter what is going to happen, wherever they rule it as non void, the easy part is to give Liverpool the title. Yeah, the but, part, but technically speaking, you guys still haven't won it, though. And technically speaking, <laughs> we're the only yeah. team that's qualifying for the Champions League next season, so... I guess we should be the only team well, that gets still haven't won it, though, so you can't really win it if they're not involved. How come no one speaks um, of the Champions League being non-invited? Yeah. 20 that. Well, oh, oh, is it? Oh, are you trying to say you're no, the... I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't seen anything about... People are not talking about the Champions nah. League at all, to be honest. Why not? It was easy to run with the whole narrative at the beginning of null and void, null and void, null and void. Possibly because people don't like Liverpool. Possibly. That is one argument. But Liverpool obviously aren't in the Champions League anymore. So no one's talking about not wanting to null and void the Champions League. That could be a possibility. And definitely, and just last point on this, just to make it clear, as of now, for me, there's no place for football in society. Like, I don't think football should come back right now. I think it's still a month and a half away. But yeah. obviously, when it does come back, the unfortunate thing is going to happen that Liverpool are going to be crowned um, Premier League champions. Why unfortunate? It was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Budge, are you not happy? Tell us your feelings. Budge, you're not happy. I, I don't know where you where, where you got that from. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm not a Liverpool fan, right? I want my Never. team to. I want I want my team to win the the, the, the league. Okay, of course. That's but, but but all things considered, um, I think Liverpool deserve to win it. Um, you know, but they have been the best team in the league by a country mile. Um, they've gone about their business the right way. They've identified issues and addressed them. Um, and in terms of how the club is, is run from top to bottom, you can't really fault them. So from that standpoint, I, th I think it's, it's, it's admirable that they, they, they win the league. Um, of course, there will always be an asterisk Next to but guys, I do have one question though. Do you guys think that Liverpool would be able to dominate the season for the, the league for the years to come? Um, I think that's what Klopp's trying to do, you know, like he's been given a contract, I think, to 2024 25. Oh, so wow. the plan is to you know, dominate for the next few years and obviously oversee a rebuild. Because when you look at the players in the squad, most of them are coming into the, you know, their prime. You've got Van Dijk, 28, 29, Firmino at a similar age, Mane and Salah getting into that age. So I think that's the plan from a Liverpool perspective to maybe win the Premier League this season and next season and, you know, look to build for the future. Wait, you think Van Dijk is coming into his prime? 
Yeah, as a centre back, like they mature late. So you know, what is Van Dyke? 20, 20, 28, 20, I believe. Yeah. I think it's 20. Is he, is he 28 or is he 29? Mm, it's 28. 28, I believe. Hmm. I would have said coming into his prime. I think he's, he's in his prime. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think coming, I, I think when you're a centre back, back yeah. 30, I think 30 as a centre back, then you have those two, three years where you're using your experience. So I don't think Van Dyke's in his prime. Mm. There's more time for him. Yeah, I think so. Like he can go. He can, yeah. Oh, how? Obviously, how? had that season last season where it was flawless. But I still think there's improvements he can make to his game. I still think sometimes down the channel he can be a bit lax, and I think the game's too easy for him. So I think as the years go on, as he challenges himself, he's going to improve. I don't think we've seen the best of Van Dijk at all. That's interesting. Mm. I wouldn't have said that. What about mm. you, Butch? We agree. Um, <laughs> so, on, on the topic of Van Dyke, just putting it out there, Van Dyke is definitely the best centre-half in the world right now. In terms of his ceiling and how much further he can, he can improve, I think it's very difficult for him to, because he's playing at such a high level now. I think mm. it's more a case of consistency. Yeah. So, how many seasons can he continue to perform mm. at the level that he, we've seen him reach? I think that's what the, the, the question is um, on, on that front. And then in terms of Liverpool dominating the league, I think it's, it's possible, but I'm not entirely sure how likely it is because of a number of different factors. One of them being where, um, whether or not Manchester City are still able to um, uh, uh, play in the Champions League. Because if they are, and if this ruling does go in their favour, that's happening between, I think, 8th and uh, 10th of June then all of their top players are going to stay and they're going to go out and they're going to invest and bring more top players in. I think teams like Manchester United are just a few players away from really being able to challenge again. And I think, honestly, <laughs> just, sorry, Bubbles, I, you know, you, you're, you're more than welcome to interject afterwards, but let me just, um, before I forget the point, so basically what I was saying is, I think they're just a few play a few players away. I think if they can retain what they've got at the moment and, and add, which they're you know more than likely to do, you've got Rashford to come back from injury, who's not been able to play with Bruno Fernandez just yet. Pogba to come back into the mix, you know, a few more additions there, and that is a team that could definitely challenge. You've got Chelsea, who uh, inevitably will invest as well, yeah. um, and 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 you know after uh, a, a certain period of time, you always find that. Um, you know, clubs um, can start to get found out. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's what will be the case with Liverpool, but if they don't have uh, alternatives and, and they don't adapt, um, then that is also going to be something that helps other teams close the gap. Um, so I think there are loads of uh, factors in, in play here. Mm -hmm. um, they absolutely can, but it, it is sort of dependent on all of those other uh, things that I mentioned, I guess. No bubbles. No, I 100% agree with the thing that there's got to be a few variables that go in our favour. Um, again, one is like recruitment. Similar to your last point, we've got to look at who is signing in the next couple of years. If Werner comes in, which is someone who's heavily linked, that could be a new way we attack, mm. a new style of play we have. So that could be one thing. Also, if you get Kulabali, league done. Next year, league yeah, done. that's what happened. I don't know why that random that random thing happened. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it'll happen. Um, we don't need him anyway. We've got Joe Gomez. Um, what was I saying? 
Yeah, I, I think even if Man City uh, get knocked out of the Champions League for maybe only half the time of what it was and they keep their players, they'll be hell-bent on winning the league then because mm. they won't have the Champions League to play in. So that's another thing. I think I think Chelsea are closer than Man United are. If, if anyone's going to break into the, the top two at the moment, yeah. they're a few players away. I, I, I can't say that Man United are few players away though that, that was a bit wild so few years <laughs> what was that no i said i said that's interesting i guess we'll we'll, we'll have to see in uh when when, when the season resumes and, and next season as well you know it all depends yeah, and on, it, on even mm. that's i think he will play i think probably stay in what do you guys agree with the manchester united point or um uh... <laughs> It's difficult. <laughs> I, I think if the manager was better, then I would say, you know yeah. what, Budge has a point because, again, I, I've said it many times on our podcast, like, it takes two signings to change a whole dynamic of a squad. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it with Bruno Fernandes. He's kind of changed the dynamic of Manchester United. So now when you put Bruno, you put um, Rashford, you put Martial, there's reports from Laurie Whitwell at the Athletics saying that Pogba may sign a new deal. You put Pogba into that team, and now you look and you think, hold on, we've got five or six top-class players. So now when you add two around that, e.g. Dean Henderson coming back to challenge David De Gea, then you get a world-class commanding centre-back, then you're like, hold on, this Man United team's actually scary. So things can turn very quickly, but it can easily go the other way, where Man United do poor recruitment, um, they buy an £80 million player and they don't hit the ground running and then it just goes downhill. So it's difficult to say. What I would say is before the break, Man United went terrific form and Oli seems to be finding a system with Bruno in the midfield to open up these smaller teams. Um, Dej? Yeah, I think Man United, again, it's a massive club. And I think they're starting to get that pulling power back. I think Bruno Fernandes, he's been a crazy addition. We've seen in the first few games, he's taken the lead. He's telling players where to go. Like we spoke to Flex and he's, you know, majorly optimistic. Obviously, before this COVID, you know, struck, Man United were being talked about to get, you know, Jaden Sancho, you know, to sort that right-hand yeah. side out. So, again, if you can get two or three players, then I think Man United can be back challenging because when you look at players like Paul Pogba, he needs to be around quality. What yeah. he was around before wasn't deserving of his abilities. But again, he needs to apply himself as well. You know, yeah, I'm fed up of saying, oh, Pogba's staying, Pogba's going. He needs to make his mind up. And if he's committing to the club, then he needs to commit and put on performances. And also Rashford, I think him and Bruno Fernandes... Once they get it going, I think that's going to be a deadly duo. So I think Man United fans have got every reason to be optimistic. And I think going forward, you know, they can win some titles in the next three or four years. Yeah. That's generous. Um, yeah, three or guys... four years, I think they can win some trophies. That's realistic, though. Three or four years. Uh, yeah, that is realistic. Um, and I'm actually quite optimistic myself. Like, I can't wait to see them all play together. Um, do you guys think clubs will be able to do the same transfer business? This no, summer? no, I don't think so. I think even with Jaden Sancho, um, I speak to one of the people in the in the agency, and that was a move that was, you know, looking very, very possible. It was close to happening, but with this COVID now, it's sort of thrown everything in the air. Clubs don't have the budgets that they would have before. 
We've seen yeah. clubs like Barcelona and Juventus taking wage cuts. So mm. you can imagine if those clubs are spending like 80, 90 million on a player, the players will be thinking, hold on, you didn't have money to pay my wages, but you want to be splashing out the cash. So I think that sort of, you know, messed up the market in a certain extent. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more loans and restricted, you know, transfer buying. Yeah, it's interesting because just to butcher us on Deji's point, um, I spoke to two um, FA registered intermediaries today and they said literally everything free, like no one's moving anywhere, there's no money. And just to go back to the point on Liverpool is that, you know, Timo Werner has said, look, I want to join Liverpool, but, you know, the, the buyout clause is 60 million euros and Liverpool are saying they're not in a position to pay that because of what's going on. So, like... I think there's going to be a lot of swap deals this summer because people are not going to have liquidity to splash out. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if let's just assume like most clubs don't do much business with their current squads, who do you think will challenge next year? Um, I with think the current squads, everyone fit. That. I think um, Liverpool will win the title again next season. And I think... The, the, but the reason why I say that... Yeah! The reason why I say that with much more confidence than, let's say, nine weeks ago is that... I think James Pearce was saying it on The Athletic as well, that this title winning has kind of been hard. Um, you know, Liverpool wanted to have the big parade. Liverpool wanted to lift up the Premier League in front of 50,000 at Anfield. But now they can't do that. So I think people like Van Dyke, people like Jordan Henderson, James Milner, they're going to say, you know what? We've got to make sure we win it properly next season because people like Budge are so shameless. They'll say there's an asterisk. There can't be an asterisk with like 25 points. I mean, some people should have some shame, you know. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, next season, teams challenging, I think it's going to be the usual suspects. I think it's going to be Liverpool. I think Man City. I think oh, Man United, possibly, if they can keep their squad fit, I think they should be in and around the conversation. Yeah. Arsenal was I love was you guys are so optimistic about the club. Like, I'm feeling really good right now. I think Arsenal, Arsenal? <laughs> I'm not sure about them the because I think Arteta, I think he's a good coach, but I'm yet to be no. convinced as a manager. But I think it's yeah. two different skills. It's all right, you know, being on the training ground, putting out the cones. And you know, hyping up some players, but it's a different thing. Sick man. Be... <laughs> Sick it's a different man. thing managing. No, and we get but... that. So, to be honest, I think there's one team that we haven't mentioned. And I think they're going to do really well next season because I think they're going to keep all their players. And I think Leicester yeah. under Brendan Rodgers, mm. they're going to be a threat next season. And the, re- sure? the reason why we Are you sure? don't I you think, think that shock factor is gone though? Don't you think the shock? Yeah. Like, I think the reason season... why we keep Man United. It's because you're struggling for options. You look at Man City, you look at Liverpool, and let's be honest, there's a big gap between the rest. So no, really, I think you've got teams like Chelsea, you've got Wolves, you've got so many left field options. Carlo Ancelotti at Everton, you know, they're looking to splash the cash, but obviously with this coronavirus, we don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. I think it's going to be the usual suspects. I think the top two are still going to be, you know, 15, 20 points ahead. <laughs> For the other teams, it's about maybe maybe that maybe gap. Newcastle. They, if they buy Cavani and <laughs> Bell and Zaha, then maybe they'd be out with an outside. No. What about Tottenham? Have you guys spoken about Tottenham? No one has faith in Marino. 
No, I think he's. Nah. I think he's a man of yesteryear. To be honest, I think. Yeah. I don't see him delivering for Tottenham, and I see this one ending in tears. And don't be surprised <laughs> next season if he's not at the club because when you look at the players and the staff that he's got, I don't think he can bridge that gap. And for Tottenham, it's about winning now. You know, they've been the bridesmaid. They've finished runners-up, you know, in the Premier League, in the Champions <laughs> League. And I don't see them making that next step. So I don't see Mourinho winning titles. And ultimately, we know it ends up with him. And I see it ending in a similar way. Yeah, but then just to play um, devil's advocate, um, again, we spoke to Lendy King and he said the feel-good factor that Jose Mourinho has brought into their team has been very refreshing. Obviously, he brought in um, this brand-new number two, Giles Sacramento, to, to change his ways, to change his philosophy. So... I think Mourinho needs time to get players that he wants to get. And once they do that, they're going to be a dangerous team. Mm, I'm not but that's sure. That's the thing that we said at Man United. We said he needed time. We said he needed money. We, we gave him those things. Yeah, but and I don't still think... I don't think um, Edward would Matt judge. I don't think they backed him heavily. With Jose Mourinho, you don't back him 50% back him. You back him 100%. So if he wants William, you go and get William. I think for this to work, there's going to have to be concessions on both sides. We know Daniel Levy, he's a shrewd operator. Mourinho mm-hmm. wants to splash the cash. So I'm sure in their you know, negotiation before Mourinho took the took the job, there was probably... That's the compromise. And just with this Tottenham squad, and I look at the ages, I look at some of the players, I look at Vertonghen, Alderweireld, I think, you know, they're in the autumn of their careers. Let's be real. And I don't think Jose Mourinho is the man to, you know, deliver success to Tottenham. That's just my personal view. Mm-hmm. I agree. The other, other caveat, though, is that their, their full squad hasn't really been fit all at once. So mm. you've not seen Bergwijn, Kane, Ali, um, uh, Son, Celso, um, Ndombele... You've not seen all of them play at once. Right? They actually have a really, really good squad when everyone's fit. So that's that's another. Uh, sort that's of a thing. fair point. That's a fair point. But when I look at when I look at clubs, I like to look at the managers. I look at Pep. I look at Klopp. This is their era. When I look at Mourinho, when you look at the last few jobs that he's had, you know, shits hit the fan. We have to be real. And I don't, uh, I don't think you know he's got the people skills. I don't think. You know, he's up to date with this modern generation. And I think Tanguy Ndombele is the perfect example of that. Mm. This is a player that every man and their dog were being linked to him in the summer. Barcelona, Man City, Liverpool. And you can see the man management skills. Like, it leaves a lot to be desired. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I actually agree with you. Um, Butch, where do you think Arsenal is coming next season? Because you've not even spoken on them too much. Um, I, well, I mean, there's not really much to say just yet. Um, I, I remain... Um, oh. There was a young player, I forgot his name. There's a young player being linked with Arsenal. Yeah, the French centre-back. Yeah, so the, 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 the issue is all of the players that we're being linked with are really young and inexperienced or sort of cheap bargain kind of um, deals that we're trying to get over the line. And I think at... At this point, in terms of where we're at, I don't, I don't think that is necessarily the direction we should go in. However, what it does indicate to me is that um, the club really want to kind of start again, um, and it's 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 probably going to be more a case of investing in younger players and, and building something 
to then, uh, uh, with, a, with a view of challenging in a few years' time. I don't think that, the, 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 I think the club are realistic about where they're at currently. And I don't think that we will be challenging um, next year. Um, I think that the, 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 really the, the most important thing is, is that uh, Arteta is able to, to bed in um, you know, the, the, the players that he's, he's working with currently as much as possible. We've got some exciting young players coming through. Um, there's obviously, as, as there always is in every single uh, summer window, a player who's in the last year of their contract that we're struggling to, 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 to get to, to commit um, for the next few years. We always seem to be in, 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 a, in a similar sort of situation. So I think it's, it's more a case about getting our ducks in, in, in order um, uh, at home first. Uh, locking down our best players to, to, to long-term contracts and just bedding in as many of these young players as possible whilst really we, we have the opportunity to because I think, you know, generally speaking, no one's really expecting uh, much from, from Arsenal from, in terms of challenging uh, for, for, for titles and whatnot. So I think Arteta is absolutely going to use that to his advantage. Um, and in this time where there's a bit of a grace period, just try to navigate and understand the best way to, to go about it. But I do think that the club is definitely taking on a, a more longer-term um, uh, view with, with, uh, mm -hmm. with this. So um, let's move on to the Champions League and the Europa League. Um, there's rumours that the Champions League is due to start on the 7th of August. What do you guys think about that? The new season I personally the think current... Sorry, sorry. All right, so they want to restart it on the 7th of August. And the idea is they want to start in one location, have all teams, I don't know how, but have all the clubs come to one location and almost do like a, um, a an express type Champions League, so one leg in each round type thing. That's not fair then, because you changed, changed the rule of the competition mm. halfway through. And so Liverpool got locked out by playing two legs, but now teams are going to go through only playing one leg? Mm. But you lost with... I personally believe that the Champions League should be um, knocked on its head. I think, like, travelling around, going to Europe, I think the borders should be closed. I think, you know, they've been very insensitive towards this coronavirus, and for clubs to be travelling all for the same competition, you know, I don't advocate it personally, and, and I think the Champions League should be cancelled, in my opinion. You're only saying that because... That's, no, that's I'm not. It. No, no, I'm not. And I think ah, the game. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> this, and this, this, and this is Beatrice. You, you, you answered the question that I was gonna, I was gonna, um, you, you asked the question I was gonna ask. In that, if Liverpool were still in the competition, would their views still be the same? Yeah, but, but, just... but, 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 but this goes back to my point that everyone wants the Champions League to continue. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier in your point. But the Champions League has so much more factors that you've got to consider people traveling yes uh, showing on planes going to different countries like it just doesn't make sense but all of a sudden straight away the premier league should be rendered null and void but the champions league yay let's continue the champions league even though it's got more intricacies than the premier league and this is what i'm trying to say everyone's got their own personal agenda <laughs> yeah like, i don't know about just... ledge there but i was 100 percent being ironic like when i was mentioning liverpool like you mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, you're going to get teams to travel abroad, mm. I don't know if that's going to be safe for August. I'm not an expert. Mm. But from my own understanding of this coronavirus, it doesn't sound very safe. Yeah, they're saying that coronavirus is going to be around until 2021. So if we're going off that log logic, I don't think it's safe, you know, to continue the Champions League. Like, we need to think about health first. Let's try and sort ourselves out domestically 
before mm. sorting out European issues. Uh, and as I said, I think the Champions League should be knocked on its head. <laughs> but if according to the government guidelines, um, restaurants, shops, everything is going to be back open in July, then I'm sure the aviation industry will want to be back open as well. So I, I have... Yeah, like, yeah but I, that's... that's, easy. that's for the UK, but what about other countries? You know what I'm trying to say? We don't know what the government in other countries are going to be saying at this, you know, in August. So I think just to back up um, Deji's point, I don't see how the Champions League can continue safely unless, you know, they come to one venue and it's all done in one country, then fair enough. But then... You yeah, just, I think that, that's what they're But then you change the competition. From a fan's perspective, if it's possible to do that express style, like like a World Cup style thing with Champions League, it would be fun to watch, even if they weren't in it. From a football fan perspective, but I don't know if it's yeah going to be safe, like I've said. What do you think? Because I, I don't think it should um, come back at all. Like it shouldn't, because every country is at a different stage with this. How do we mm. not know that in August another country is going to have its second wave? Do you know what I mean? I feel like they should mm. just Champions League and Europa League talks should just be suspended until further notice, until every single league in Europe is actually consistent again. I feel like that's probably like the mm. least conversation we should have within football. First, we need mm, to sort yeah. out what's going on domestically first. And then delve into cool. So now we've decided this is what's happening here and here. Let's delve into what's going to happen with Champions League and Europa League. Well, for now, I even think that it's absolutely ridiculous for them to consider bringing it back in August when certain leagues wouldn't have resumed by then. I even thought you meant that um, they're going to restart it in August. So why would they restart? <laughs> so you're telling me they're going to restart this current season in August and yeah, then new season starts in September? Yeah, I think that's what they actually plan to do. That doesn't make I don't no think sense. I don't think they have any room to move the league or the Champions League. I don't mm. think they have much room to move the start dates yeah, because of what's happening. Of course. Year. So they're all they're trying to rush everything and do it as quickly as possible before September. I think. Yeah. yeah. I and think fundamentally, the point all comes back down to money, especially with the Champions League and the yeah. Europa League. Money there are far too money. many stakeholders and far too much money involved in it, and Watch that's why they're pushing the agenda. Yeah. Mm. Right, so if the Champions League did continue, who would you guys be backing to win? Let's start with you, Budge. Mm. Who would I back to win? There must be someone. Yeah, but is it... Gonna be yeah. Who's gonna be yeah. Who's gonna be gonna be gonna be gonna Bold choice, Doc. I'm going, um, I said it before, um, you know, the season that the team that knocks out Liverpool will probably go on to win the Champions League. Okay. So I'm going to back Atletico Madrid to win it. Hmm? Um, that is a good question. I like Bayern this season, but I don't know if they've got enough to win it. So, actually, going, I'll go Bayern just to say something different. Uh, I think Man City, you know. 
I think they're going to land that holy grail. I think, obviously, now that they've packed up in the Premier League, they can, you know, <laughs> concentrate their full efforts into the Champions League. And I can see them winning it, to be fair. Bree? I'm with Dad, you know, Man City. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna... it, right? Because they've not been yeah. up to the leg, so... I think I'm going to go with... PSG's doing it, right? I'm going to go with PSG. Mm. Just, yeah. just to see if they can finally break the pass. Just to see. They always get to, what, quarterfinals and they just get left out. <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of want the Champions League to come back because I just want to see how it works. Like, yeah. I miss the dynamic. I want to see who lifts the trophy. But, yeah... Um, considering like the coronavirus and the um, continuation of the league and all of the project restarts, whatever, when do you think realistic? When do you think is a realistic time for the league to come back? The brand new season. I don't think we or... can even consider that. Is it? I think we need to finish off this season and then we can start thinking about next season. Yeah. To be thinking about next season now for me is just utter madness. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, so maybe they have to have like some sort of truncated season next season, maybe a 19 game season. But I don't know what's going to happen, I haven't heard anything. But I think there'll be a short break and then they'll just go again. Yeah, yeah. I'm I think there's talk. Yeah. Sorry, Bubbles. Sorry, Bubbles. Yeah, I think there were talks about you know scrapping the Carabao Cup and, and the FA Cup just to make sure. That... Oh no, come on. <laughs> Yeah, for next season. No. I said some, some of the lower teams rely on the income from those cup companies. Yeah. So, but I think, I think what, the, what the, the talk is is that they will still be, um, will still receive that money but in order to um, remove the games for Premier League teams, but the lower league teams will still get the money that they would have got from the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. Um, but just to back up Dej's point, that makes sense because it gives you more weeks to fit in game. You get what I'm trying to say? And let's be honest, the Carabao Cup is a bit of an inconvenience. Yeah, it's like a totally Mickey Mouse competition. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, Only one team takes the Carabao Cup seriously in recent years and they won it, so... Yeah, Man City, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think we take it seriously too, but okay. <laughs> but thank you guys for coming on today. This was really fun. Like, thank really you for having us, man. It was sick. It was sick. That was fun. That was a good one. Um, plug your content. Go on. Tell the people where to find you. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore TBG, the beautiful game podcast. We're on Instagram as well. We're trying to grow that. We're going to be doing some Insta lives, you know, over the coming weeks, starting off, you know, with Lyle Taylor on Friday. So the plug for that is pod underscore TBG. And we've also got a YouTube channel, which is the Beautiful Game podcast. We've got lots of content on that. We've spoken to Rio Ferdinand, John Joe Shelby, Ledley King. We're going to be having some big interviews going forward. You know, we've got another big one coming out on Monday as well with um, an ex-England international. So yeah, just support. Oh, us. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, so just support us, like, and we're gonna be, you know, supporting the other platforms as well. There's so many platforms doing great things. Yourselves, yeah. counterattacks, killing it. Yeah. You know, he says is killing it. Tapping football. Tapping football. Yeah, weekly cannon, YT3. There's so many podcasts, Copping Fracas. 
you know, a lot of podcasts are doing their things. And I think the industry is changing and people are starting to recognise, you know, the need to diversify. And I think podcasts like ours and yourselves are great outlets for people to come on and, you know, showcase their opinions and their views. No, well said, Dej. Um, shout out, Gold Diggers. You know I'm your biggest fan. I support all your work. Um, just one thing that Dej forgot. We got we got an interview um, coming out tomorrow with a champion. This is coming now. Yeah, so it's probably coming out on the same day. So yeah. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Thank you for us on. Um, the next the next uh, live show is going to be a, a a nice little link up as well, man. Can't wait for that. And you guys keep on doing your thing, man. Like I said, um, it's, it's only it's only the stars for you guys, man. So, so keep Amen. it up. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It's much appreciated. And honestly, I've said it before. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. And there'll be yeah, many, many more be episodes no, like love, this. Love, love, love. But this has been really thank fun. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, all that stuff. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.